Hello everyone, welcome to episode number 10 of the True North Podcast. I'm your host, Benedict Rhodes. On today's episode, I'm joined by Christine Girard, Team Canada's chef de mission for the upcoming Santiago 2023 Pan American Games. We're going to speak about the preparations for the Games, what exactly her role entails, and some of the big stories around that competition happening this fall. Christine is also, of course, an Olympic champion in the sport of weightlifting, but as you may know, she didn't know she was a champion until years after the fact, when athletes who had been doping had their medals taken away and redistributed. We're going to dive into that journey with her as well, and discuss what was an emotional and turbulent time in her life, as well as the values and importance of clean sport. All of that and more on this episode of the True North Podcast. I hope you enjoy our discussion. I'm very pleased now to be joined by Christine Girard, Team Canada's chef de mission for the upcoming Santiago 2023 Pan American Games and a two-time Olympic medalist, one of them gold. Uh, Christine, it's a real pleasure to speak with you and thanks for taking the time to join the show. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So first things first, we're now less than 100 days away from Santiago Games. Uh, How exciting is it to be, you know, rapidly approaching the start of those competitions? Uh, it's very exciting. It's really amazing to see all the announcements of the new teams that have been nominated and to see the team, Canada team growing and see all those sport experience and all the people that will get together at, in San Diego. It's, it's really exciting. And uh, you've been in this role since February. Uh, for those who may be less familiar with what a chef de mission does, can you maybe uh, tell them you know, what you do in your role on a day-to-day basis, but also in the long term as well? Yeah, well, my role right now is mainly like following and I'm, I'm the leader, right? I mean, I'm kind of a, there to support the athletes. I like to describe my role a bit like a big mama. <laughs> so I'm going to be there to support the athletes, um, cheerleader, number one in the state stadium or in competition venue as much as I can. Um, I want to be there for the athletes when they come back at the village. So I'm really there to support the athletes, but also um, to interact with the mission staff who's been there. And some of them have a lot of experience, um, but it's always good to have like the athlete perspective. So um, I'm going to be working with athletes and the mission staff and making sure those games are a success. Uh, you had your own career as an athlete, of course. You know, it was two Olympics and, and three Pan American Games. What do you remember about working with with Chef de Missions when you were an athlete, uh, and maybe what you can do to kind of pay that forward? Yes. Um. Well, I was so lucky to have amazing Chef de Mission. Um. When it's mostly at the Olympics that I really connected with them. Um. When I finished fourth, it was quite difficult for me to come back to the village with all those extra emotions. It's really difficult position to be in. And to have that person there to understand, but not being in the midst of the games themselves was really, really helpful um, to have that connection, that understanding and that support. Um, same thing when I had positive emotion four years later, um, to be able to share that with someone who was just as excited as me um, to have that medal come for our country. So um, I think that's what I want to bring to the athletes. I want to be the person that gets it because I've been there, but I'm not in it right now. So don't feel bad to uh, unload on me. Um, have you had any discussions with, with past Chef de Mission since you've been appointed to this role? And if so, what did those discussions look like? Not yet, actually. I'm planning on those uh, really soon, um, but I haven't yet. I'm very le- looking forward to learning from their experience and how I can be a, a better chef de mission um, from their guidance. 
And uh, we've got some some really cool Canadian sports stories at these games. You know, there's the the Park family competing in Taekwondo, or there's this sort of golden generation, maybe you're calling it, of swimmers, for example. What are some of the stories that you're most looking forward to in Santiago? All of them. I think we are so lucky in Canada to have so many different backgrounds and different sports, and we excel in so many sports, and we have a lot of athletes that will be their first international games right so there will be a lot of learning um getting all together so i'm looking forward to all of that you mentioned though some some athletes who maybe have less experience going to their first games um what how exciting is it, i guess to be able to share that moment with them as they're kind of kicking off their journey maybe it's the olympics one day or even it's just a santiago it's a, it's a huge experience for them Yes, exactly. Every games is a learning learning experience, and as as person, we learn a lot from games. So it will be very interesting to see that energy and to share that with the new athletes coming in. Um, and it will be very a good mix because that that's what Panams are about, right? We have a lot of veteran, we have newer at newer athletes, so it will be really fun to to get in that mix and and learn with them. And uh, when do you actually head down to, to Santiago and how exciting will it be to, to finally be down there and on the ground in, in Chile? Yeah, I'll be there mid-October. Um, I'll get there October 16th. I've been there in June to see how uh, to see the space and how it was going and the building and the construction. Um, so I'm looking forward to see in, in October how, how they're how they're ready and to prepare the place for the athletes. And how was the past trip? What kind of things did you did you see down there? Uh, we actually got lucky and we went to visit the village, which was amazing. Um, every village are different, right? So it was interesting to see how this one will, will uh, be set up and to start to envision how, how we can interact with athletes in the best way possible and uh, considering the space. We also saw a lot of competition venues that were getting ready. So it was really exciting to, to be able to have a visual of what the games will look like. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, you've been to two Olympics and three Pan American Games. What do you remember about being named to Team Canada for the first time as an athlete? The proud. I think the the, the feeling of wearing Team Canada jacket with, along with so many other athletes that I respect and admire so much and to be part of that team. Um, it's really unifying as a for me as a weightlifter I was never part of a big team right weightlifting is not that big and people train I train in my garage in my corporate like I train anywhere but not in a team so to be part of a strong team and to represent our values as a country um, is what's the most important for me and that was the most important feeling I got when I was first named for games and uh, you know you're, uh, as well as being a, an athlete and a chef de mission you're also a mother what is it like to share this experience with your family Oh, that's a, it's really, it's a good question. My kids are, are young, right? My oldest is eight, my youngest is five, and I have a seven in the middle. Um, they understand, but not completely, I think. And what they, what they know the most is that mommy will be gone for a while. So that's what they have to get ready for. Um, I guess, uh, you know, you're also, of course, an Olympic champion. Uh, you know, you have an interesting story where you didn't know until a few years later. Uh can you maybe talk about about that that experience and that process of what that was like? You know, the the there's the doping, and then you know, I think it's I think it's six years later when you found out. Can you maybe talk a bit about about that process? Yeah, it's a definitely an interesting story. I, <laughs> I admit. Um, so I had originally I was fourth in Beijing and and bronze in London. Um, and it's only years later that I learned that my bronze medal would become gold. Um, so 
when people introduce me as Olympic champion, it's still a title that doesn't really fit me. For me, at the Olympics, I was bronze. I was third. And I became an Olympic champion only six years later. Um, so it, it's a very interesting story. That being said, I was lucky enough that my values were recognized, right? And I ended up having what I deserved, even if it was years later. And that medal ceremony that the Canadian Olympic Committee organized for me here in Ottawa was just amazing. And to be able to share that moment with my family, my friends, and people involved in sport, it was the win of our country and our values. So it was it was an amazing moment, it, but it, it makes an interesting story. And you mentioned you know, the, the Canadian values and a victory for, for Canada and, and for clean athletes. Uh, can you maybe speak a bit about that? Like, what are these values and, and why was that a hugely significant moment for, for clean sport? Well, here in Canada, we invest a lot of money to protect athletes and, and, and safe sport. And all of those initiatives are so important, right? Those are our values. That's That's what we want. The same reason we put young kids in sport when they're five, six, seven, eight, those are the same reason we want athletes to continue in a high level, right? The fair play, learning how to interact with others, excellence is part of this, but it's not it, It's not to the detriment of who we are as person. So our values is that integrity, working hard, working with others, and, and, and being true to ourselves. I think that's that's what won at the end of the day for me. And how important is it to, to remember that, you know, even when you're competing at the Olympics or the Pan Am Games where you kind of remember, like, it is an elite sport, but at the same time, you know, there are, are values to, to take beyond just competing in sport. Well, when we come back, I think when we come back to the basic well-being of athletes, um, it has been shown that doping is not good for your mental health. It's not good for your well-being in any other ways, right? So if we focus on what makes us good at what we do, no matter what you do, is how good you feel in general right it's your it's your well-being and that includes being um true to ourselves and our values so i think the in my language we say occupational integrity in uh, occupational therapy but that's really important is what you do how how much of what you do respect your values and that will make you more satisfied more happy in life and will make you more motivated to get more and uh, you mentioned the, the medal ceremony that happened in Ottawa. Uh, when that happened and the medals were, were finally put around your neck, uh, what were you thinking of in that moment and who were you thinking of in that moment? Uh, that's an emotional moment for me. It will always stay, I think. It was amazing because when I got my medal given to me, I had my family just in front, the first few person. And it was, I have three kids, and it was my husband and my parents, all with one of my child in their hand. And for me, it was like the passing down of the values, right? I didn't know it would be emotional today, sorry. <laughs> but for me, it's like the value my parents uh, give me. It's what I was giving to my children at that moment. It was special. And uh, the weightlifting, uh, unfortunately, has a, a bit of a, a negative reputation, maybe, when it comes to, to this. Uh, at times, you know, even the sports future in the Olympics has maybe been in doubt. Uh, yeah. There are many clean athletes, of course, um, but unfortunately, maybe they get over overshadowed. What work is being done to, you know, try and fight back against doping and, and make sure that the, the clean athletes, the fair athletes are the ones being put in the spotlight? Yeah, it's a very good kind of question. And uh, unfortunately, it's true that my sport was being um, 
in the news a lot lately, not for good reason. That being said, I'm on the anti-doping committee for the International Federation, and I see how much work is being done. Um, ITA, who's now controlling the, the anti-doping process in my sport, is doing amazing to make sure that our values come back. And unfortunately, it's a change of culture that needs to happen, right? For many, many years, some country used doping as the major way of training. And some coaches officially said that they don't know how to coach without doping. So there's a lot of change and a lot of education that needs to happen, which is also why I'm an ambassador for ITA, where I try to share that education and, 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 and make sure that everybody knows that that's not the way. And it's not the proper way. It's not the best way. And um, to show what is clean sport can bring for everybody. But we're in the process. We're working hard. Uh, you touched on a little bit there, but uh, what are some of the, the ways yes, that education can play a role in this where it's not just, you know, saying you shouldn't do, but some of the, I guess, explanations for why they shouldn't. Yeah, that's right. We talked a lot about, sorry, we talked a lot about values um, in this as well. Um, but it started with basic knowledge, I would say, just to get the word out. Um, we also have the platform Reveal, which is a very useful place that people can give any information that they may hear or see, um, which give intelligence for the testing agency, which is really helpful as well. Um, but what I do mainly with education is, is really spread the word what is clean sport what does it bring mental well-being physical well-being and and how to how to include that in our training uh canada has a, a very good weightlifter as well that currently is in mode sharon uh of course won the olympic gold in, in tokyo uh i know you know each other quite well how how proud are you uh of her were you in that moment um it was an amazing moment when mode went on the podium uh because she was in the same weight class as me and did the same total as me in London. So for me, there was a really personal connection to her win. Um, it's all entirely her win. Like she's an amazing athlete and it was amazing to see her. But to get what she deserved on time, it was a very, very special moment. And um, I was really happy to be able to connect with her after and uh, compare our medals <laughs> at a training camp. It was great. Um, and, and after she won, you know, she, she mentioned you and said there's a, a little bit of, of you in that gold medal. Did that feel like justice at all for you know, Canada finally got this, this moment, I guess, on top of the weightlifting podium? Good question. I don't know if it's justice. I would not say that. And the reason I would say that is because when I got my medal six years later and I got my gold medal, I got my medal. It was fun. It was a great ceremony. The next day, my medal was on my wall, and that's the end of it, right? I was never able to share that story as much as as I should have if I had it on time. And I don't think there's anything that can bring completely justice to this. That being said, it was a proof that the work we're doing in this sport is working, right? That we are progressing and that the people who deserve the medals gets it on time. So I think it was reinforcing my work I do on the promoting clean sport um, field um but i don't think it can really be considered as justice uh, in the lead up to to santiago and also to paris uh having having mode at the kind of forefront i guess of, of weightlifting, uh having a, a young canadian woman from quebec like uh how exciting is that as well to <clears throat> excuse me to, to see the parallels i guess 
Yeah, well, it, it's amazing to be able to see her her progress and to be part of that. And I'll be very lucky to be um, at the village with her and to have uh, direct contact in person with her. It will be a very interesting. I've never been on the other side of uh, the athlete world before, so it will be very interesting to see that um, in a game context. And uh, weightlifters haven't been officially named to the Paralympic team, at least publicly, uh, other Pan Am Games, sorry. Um, but what discussions have you had with with weightlifting athletes, you know, knowing that you know, this is the sport that you've excelled in and, and you've coached in? What kind of discussions have you had or advice for, for young weightlifters competing in this competition? Well, we're lucky because uh, we have a lot of, um, like, our system in and weightlifting is a lot more organized bef than before. Like right now, they have more training camp. They have more connection with one another. And I think they learn a lot from each other. Um, I was lucky enough to go to a few training camp, answer questions, share a bit of knowledge. And um, I think my, my athletes are, or weightlifters, <laughs> they're not my athletes, weightlifters are, are well prepared for this game. Um, and they already know all the tricks. Uh, finally, you know, as I mentioned, we're less than 100 days away now from the Games. What do the next few weeks and months look like for you and for Team Canada as you as you approach Santiago? Um, well, the next few big steps will be the preparation series where I'll be able to meet all the mission staff and then be able to connect with all of them. Um, they're such a huge part of having successful games and providing an, a, an environment, environment that is promoting performance for athletes. So I'm looking forward for that. And of course we have a announcement, team name announcement on a regular basis. So that's a, another really fun thing. And then we'll slowly prepare for the games. So uh, it's really exciting. It's building up. And uh, how exciting is it to be part of those team announcements, you know, seeing these athletes, you know, reach the, the stage that they've been sort of striving for. It's, it's really amazing to see um, how, how alive is our sport in Canada and how well supported are our team. Um, it's always amazing to see how many athletes achieve such a high level of competition and that will be present in San Diego. Um, so I'm very looking forward to be able to, to cheer for them in the stadium there. Uh, Christine, it's been a real pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for, for your insight and, and taking the time to join the show and enjoy the rest of this journey on the road to Santiago. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Thanks again to Christine for joining the show, and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to check out past episodes of the show as well, including episodes with Stephen Brunt, Devin Haru, Emma Woods, Byron McDonald, and so much more. If you enjoyed this show and want to be the first person to listen to future episodes and read all my written content, you can subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts or at truenorthsports.substack.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at truenorth underscore sport and on Instagram and TikTok at truenorthsport. I've been your host Benedict Rhodes and thank you so much for listening.